Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Monday, July 7th. I'm Chris Hardy. Today, we're going to hear from a woman shedding light on Black entrepreneurs in tech and shaking up the traditional narratives of Silicon Valley. Our team over at Motherboard, Vice's tech and science site, is collaborating with The Plug, a daily newsletter about Black entrepreneurs in tech. If you haven't checked it out yet, you absolutely should. It's awesome. We were lucky enough to have Cheryl Dorsey, the founder of The Plug, in the studio with us today. And in this episode, she talks about what inspired her to start the publication and how she hopes it will change the narrative around what's really considered to be a white male industry. And you know I love that shit. So here's Vice's Ankita Rao and Cheryl Dorsey. Let's get into it. What is The Plug? So The Plug is the first daily tech newsletter that covers founders and innovators of color. And where did this idea come from? How did you start that? Um, I've always been into tech news, worked in tech, always have been writing about founders and uh, creators and innovators that I thought were doing some really cool work and pushing technology forward, helping to answer some tough questions, um, whether it be in their cities and communities or within their jobs. And so one thing that I noticed as I would do my sort of daily dive into the top 10 pages of news that I was reading on tech, the folks being heralded were, you know, the Elon Musks, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Bill Gates, which was great. I thought they were, these were all phenomenal businessmen, but I felt like there are some significant voices um, and significant practitioners in the space that aren't being highlighted, and partly because I'd met these people that I thought were doing interesting things. And so I asked myself, well, what would it look like to see black and brown faces, black and brown stories every single day within part of the technology conversation? So that's how the plug was sort of born. And I mean, I started, it was very hacky. I just kind of like ranted about what my day looked like, what I was learning, um, some of the things that I was interested in, and then curating five news stories around black and brown founders. And since then, obviously, you've grown. You now have multiple people working on it. So the need was there for this sort of newsletter and this sort of content. Was that sort of chicken and egg? Did you see the community kind of grow around it, or were you growing around the community? I think it's definitely been a chicken and egg thing. Um, I think part of it, too, was, you know, everyone can hit that reply button right on the newsletter and then speak directly to me. And um, for the first year, like I really, you know, ran the plug myself. And so I had to be very in tuned with, you know, what people were saying they were interested in. I always ask people to share tips and news, particularly in their communities, because they at least were on the ground and knew of who was doing what. They were connected to local news and papers that may have not been in any of my filters. Um, so it was kind of a give and take relationship. I felt like as we grew, um, our audience grew with us as well. Um, even to this day, you know, folks will say, hey, you know, I have a new Samsung and like 
the mobile responsiveness of the newsletter is not coming through. And so let me help you fix it. And so it, it really became, I think, a digital meetup space and place for people to share ideas, um, share feedback. And I tried to be as, as personal and personable as possible um, and also not position myself necessarily as an expert, but as someone who is just curious about this space and also wanting to learn from my audience. So we're, we're still growing together. And what is it like for people of color in the tech and entrepreneurship world right now? Because things have changed a lot and also a lot of things have not changed. What is the sense you're getting when you have a product that's like celebrating, you know, a lot of these people? You know, I think that people are starting to ask deeper questions about what does diversity actually mean and look like. We've had, I think, a ton of fodder, even from a journalistic lens of what that looks like. Is it counting numbers? Is it the way that, you know, you experience your work environment? Is it the ethos of the brands and companies that you work for? And I think that that was kind of the initial part of the conversation. And that also elicited a ton of outrage as well on, I think, women missing, you know, people of color missing, LGBTQ communities not being represented. And so I think I think now we're moving towards, well, what can be done about it? Um, we're seeing that all of the kind of PR campaigns and the diversity conferences didn't necessarily move the needle at companies themselves, but you're starting to see activity in cities and in communities that potentially didn't exist before. And so when we look at inclusion, at least the way that I see it through the feedback in the newsletter, the news stories that we're highlighting, um, is that people are starting to create their own safe spaces, both offline and online, be it a Facebook group that's geared towards uh, women of color founders, other people launching newsletters that are starting to have these conversations, um, again, on a deeper level, even internationally. And so I think that the allure is really about now how can we sort of create our own spaces and then how do we also make them sustainable? Um, be that launching a venture capital fund or helping students learn how to get into venture capital or starting businesses or launching co-working spaces. I think there's so much opportunity right now for imagination around, you know, what does it look like for black and brown people to own their own narrative? And that part, I think, is is the most exciting because I think that's where we're going to get the most ingenuity in this space. And I feel like there's two ends of this. One is the a lot of these entrepreneurs and founders who kind of in many ways have made it and are successful or launching their product. But there's also a lot of work to be done even in starting that process and having more people of color get into this pipeline. And you work on that side, too. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I um, accidentally launched an entire like tech community in Charlotte called Black Tech Charlotte. And so we're the first inclusive tech community, tech hub in the city that specifically works to ensure access for entrepreneurs and technologists of color. So it's really like an extension of the plug. You know, I was building the plug. I was living in Charlotte, but I also felt like, you know, the startup community just was not vast. And I felt like here I am like building the plug, which is very much a digital experience. It's very personal to me. It kind of goes wherever I go. But in Charlotte, I felt like here I am talking about the success of other communities and I haven't built anything here. And so a friend of mine from undergrad, um, Inovia Bedford, you know, I sent her a text message. I was like, can we do like a meetup and call it Black Tech Charlotte so black people know that like, yes, you too can come. <laughs> and um, and she's like, sure. When do you want to start? And I'm like, mm, let's launch it next week. And um, we 
pulled something really cool together, you know, expected just a handful of people to come out. And we ended up having 125 people RSVP. And these were people who were like building startups from their kitchen table who weren't very connected or interconnected to people or resources within the city. Folks who were going to Atlanta and to New York and um, San Francisco for funding and partnerships and just felt like, you know, I just I live here in Charlotte. This is where I'm raising my family. But I have to kind of, you know, navigate other terrain and other cities. Um, So now um, looking up about a year and a half later, we have a $100,000 fund that helps sort of super, super early stage, mostly idea stage founders receive some startup capital to help launch their businesses. We opened up a space at Camp North End, which is like the smart innovation district warehouse space in Charlotte. And in that space, we teach monthly learning labs. So we do two per month. We recently did a class on emotional intelligence. We've done how do you prepare for funding classes. Um, And we also do fun stuff. We have CEO fireside chats, um, lots of alcohol flows throughout the South. So it's always like a great time to have a mixer. But mostly, you know, we have this sort of like membership model to the Black Tech Charlotte community that allows access to all of our trainings, allows access to a database of Black and Brown technologists offering services. So our goal is to continue to like interconnect the city. And, you know, on the side of the plug, it's just been perfect because I've been able to really identify cool stories coming out of the city and we're able to use the data to tell new stories as well about who's creating what within the Charlotte ecosystem. And you yourself, you've worked at some huge tech companies, Google Fiber and Uber. Did you get the sense while you were there that there wasn't this sort of space already, that there was a conversation that wasn't happening yet, that this was sort of a white male space? I mean, I'll actually start from like growing up as a kid in Seattle. I was part of a really cool coding program called the Technology Access Foundation. Um, and that got started, I want to say the, the foundation launched in 96 by Trish Malign Zuziko, who was a software engineer, black woman, gay, retired as a multimillionaire um, and said, you know, I'm kind of like the only person in this space <laughs> and I have to change that. And so in 96, which was over 20 something years ago, she said, you know, I'm going to create this coding program. I joined in about 2001 in high school. So at 14, I went through these really incredible, like, basic HTML classes into JavaScript, um, systems network engineering, what have you. And I worked all four summers at Microsoft. That experience as a high school intern was definitely a precursor to a lot of the work that I'm doing now and the interest within the tech companies that I've worked for. And I think starting from that experience at 14, even though, like, I was paired with mentors, there was definitely that deficit of great. You know, I can physically see and touch the handful of people that are here on this campus. Um, But when it comes to the conversation publicly within the media, there's still a lack of visibility. And so you're kind of navigating this terrain potentially based on just like the context that you have. But the persistent issue was just that, you know, we weren't visible. Um, So my experiences at Uber, as well as Google Fiber, which I think both entities you know, definitely had some, I think, outspoken um, ideas and interest in, you know, how do we make this a much more inclusive space? Definitely tried. And in some cases, whether it be like, here's an employee resource group, um, here's different ways that we can organize. But I think externally, you know, having access to daily information about what's going on with Blacks in Tech, those things were happening in clusters like around Silicon Valley. But, uh, but when it came to sort of that online presence, you didn't see that a ton. What do you see happening with the plug next? What are you hoping that it does in the tech world? I think there's so much room and space for deeper exploration, investigative reporting, 
on what's happening within black and brown tech ecosystems and even beyond that, right? I think we have this huge women's movement. We have funds specifically dedicated to women. We have venture capitalists that are dedicated to solving problems in rural parts of America. I think that, you know, for us in terms of what's next is we want to tell you know, more deeply reported stories, particularly from a business and economics lens. You know, I think when I first started out, I was like, you know, what if there was like, you know, like a Wall Street journal meets something fun and funky for black and brown business, you know, news stories that have just the same high caliber of anything else that's put out there where investors are reading it every single day to understand markets and understand potential new deals. And so I think that the plug could potentially fill that gap. There are other, you know, newsrooms, organizations, you know, such as yourself that like see that opportunity because it's definitely, I think, underreported. I think we've gotten a lot of like sloppy and lazy journalism on, hey, this person's black and they launched an app, bravo, versus like, wow, you know, let's take that a step deeper. You know, they received X amount of dollars in funding and they have, you know, X amount of employees. And, you know, here's kind of the top ways in which they're being integrated with these systems and industries. There's deeper questions. So that's kind of what the plug wants to accomplish. To learn more about the plug, go to motherboard.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.